This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Hey, nerds and geeks. This episode of Real Talk is for you. Johnny and myself, a couple of nerds and geeks, have gathered three others. Uh, you know, they're actually at the top of their game. Social media experts, strategists. And we're going to dig into this battle. The battle between the billionaires, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Not only will Threads take down Twitter, but are the two of them actually physically going to fight? We're going to talk about what's going on in the world around us digitally and in real life. We're going to start talking about the evolution of how we've communicated online. Why is engagement so down on some platforms while others are exploding? We're going to be taking your comments from our live chat in the YouTube uh, episode here on our live show, of course, and we're also going to be getting to some of your emails later on as Trash Talk is presented by Local Environmental. It's a Trumpian edition this time around And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the technical producer of this show, the straw that stirs the drink, John Hicks is celebrating his birthday today. Thank you so much, buddy. Johnny, the show wouldn't be what it is without you. And today we celebrate you. You're a great guy. You came in today. Oh, thank you. You kind of dressed it up a little bit. I'm getting older, so trying to look a little more uh, my (laughs) age. But I came in today. You always do this. You're like my second partner. Uh, You're like my second wife. There's a present waiting for me on the desk. I haven't opened it yet, but we'll see what it you is. You haven't opened it yet. Well, you're always, you're like, you know how some people are really good gift givers? I'm not one of them. Like, yeah. my partner is the better one, obviously. Yeah. You always have, like, a really personal, like, good one, and I'm always like, here's a bottle of scotch and a cigar. Yeah, well, <laughs> part of your gift is a bottle of tequila, just to spoil yeah. the surprise. Okay. I was sort of hoping that Johnny might have opened it while our guests were in the green room, so we could have all got into it. There's, okay. no, there's no gift giving, like, without, you know, getting in on it yourself. But in all seriousness, pal, happy birthday. Thank and, you so uh, we're much. we're thrilled to celebrate Cheers. you today. We're going to be welcoming our three panelists. It's a live in-studio Real Talk roundtable today in 30 seconds. But first, of course, with summer off to a great start, you know, your kids have wrapped up the school year, right? And, and for a lot of you, things are winding down at work. A lot of us have vacation on the brain. I know that some of you are going to be listening to this podcast while you're road tripping. Well, maybe you're out at the lake. We thank you for that. But you got something else on your mind, don't you? You know that summer is the best time to take that real estate course that you've been thinking about and start a career that you actually love. You can leave cubicle life behind for good with Rello. Rello's online real estate courses are fully accredited to help you get your real estate license in Alberta. Get licensed to sell residential real estate, commercial real estate, or both with Rello's convenient self-paced courses. That's a big detail. You can visit Rello.ca. That's R-E-L-O.ca to get started today. I'll introduce our uh, roundtable and, and then we'll just drop the flag and get things going. It's a real pleasure to welcome three friends of mine. They're social media experts. Kathleen Smith has been in the game a long time. Uh, Probably most of your fans know you as Kiki Planet. That was the name of your e-zine. You were one of the first, as far as I know, in Western Canada doing independent digital publishing. And of course, you got a big, formidable following, a formidable presence uh, online, in particular on Twitter. It's so nice to have you here in studio. Great to be here. Thanks for the invite. You got it. Beverly Teresa is a social media 
strategist. She's the owner of Throwdown Social Media. What a great name. Uh, she's got more than 10 years of experience, which means she's been in on a lot of these platforms since the very beginning. Um, according to her official bio, she helps businesses not suck at social media through consulting and training. Beverly, it's nice to have you coming back. I'm excited to be here, Ryan. Really great to have you. And Carly Watson also joining us in studio. She's a social media expert. That's what she does professionally for a living. She's a great and talented photographer as well with a deep passion for internet culture. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. What do you mean internet culture? What are we talking about? Um, so I mean internet culture, uh, mostly memes because I'm very passionate about as most people who follow me, uh, they can kind of understand my weird girl aspect um, and my love for internet culture. Um, same as Beverly, uh, I've kind of been on all platforms from the beginning and uh, <laughs> we, we've seen it all, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just when you think you've seen it all, yeah. there's always something else. So we're going to get to a few examples today. We're going to talk about RFK Jr. We're going to talk about Donald Trump. We're going to talk about this this incident in Belleville with the, the prime minister being swarmed by, by his haters. I, I don't know if the three of you are like me. When I wake up in the morning, one of the very first things I do is look to see what's trending. Obviously, we want the show to be on top of things that are making news. I saw two names trending this morning, Tony Bennett and Bobby Orr. And I went, uh-oh. Yeah. And sure enough, the one, uh, my fears confirmed, the, the legendary crooner, Tony Bennett, dead at 96. Happy to report Bobby Orr is still alive. Uh, are you a big Tony Bennett fan? I can see Huge. it in your eyes, Kiki. Huge. Yeah. Loved the man. I mean, my grandparents listened to that music, and I, I grew up with it as a result of that. And the man did a duet with Gaga. Yeah. Like, if Gaga loves him. I love him. <laughs> That's all it takes. What so, songs yeah. does he sing, though? I know his name, but I don't know. I can't recall. Like, I can't put his name to a song. I'm always a fan when I'm put on the spot of answering a question with a question. So I would say, what songs doesn't he sing, Beverly? <laughs> yeah. The guy's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, New York State of Mind. I mean, I obviously oh, just okay. Googled okay, this. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just Googled it. Uh, the Way You Look Tonight, Rags to Riches, Left My Heart in San Francisco. Okay. Very Thought of You. Uh, like, you San know. Francisco, that was his big hit. Yeah. I Left My Heart in San Francisco. That I think that's always going to be the song that's most associated with Tony Bennett. Yeah, class but, act. Yeah. He was, you know, the quintessential lounge singer. Mm -hmm. He yeah. was the Vegas lounge act that made it big. And no one ever strongly disliked Tony Bennett. Huh. You might not be into not publicly. music. No, yeah. he was just like a great guy. Yeah. Are you did, when you wake up in the morning, Beverly? Are you are you on Twitter like in the first ten minutes, or is that something that you ease into once you've had a couple coffees? I check my email and then I check Twitch because I want to see who's online, and then that's then I check Twitter like after I've had coffee, after I've had breakfast. I was telling you a quick story uh, earlier this week. Somebody who I don't know, but a real talker, so you know I appreciate them right away. Came up and said, "Why aren't you?" streaming on twitch why are you on twitch and uh you don't need to be on twitch ryan that's what i told <laughs> you him. literally do not have to be on twitch okay so i'm hoping that like we're gonna have a lot of people that are super keen that understand a lot about social media and the digital landscape listening to this but some people are gonna be listening to this to learn and, and kind of at the basic level so twitch is a platform where people can stream things like gaming like or gaming hot tub scenes what? um asmr where they lick microphones so it sounds sexual 
uh, as well as like crafts. Yeah. So that's what I do on Twitch. I do crafts. But you can also have talk shows on it. But I don't think your audience is on Twitch, Ryan. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. this and this and I said to this person, I said, well, we don't want to be on too many places. We want people to know that they can find us on YouTube or wherever they get their right. podcasts. Yes. And you can stream our audio live on the Mixler audio app. It's presented by California Closets. <laughs> but I don't think we need to be on 15 platforms. No. So what would you tell businesses like ours? You tell us, don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Figure out if your audience is on it. Mm-hmm. And if they are, then go there. Who? Or master what you're on right now. So master Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever you may be on right now. And then consider adding another platform. Yeah, that especially. Right. Yeah. I think too many people uh, are are so focused on getting onto every platform that they forget maybe not every platform is right for you, Mm. you know? Is there one that you've walked away from or one that you've not even joined? Well, I walked away from Twitter a, a week ago. A week ago? Yeah, I've, I've not tweeted in a week. I put my account on um, protected and walked away. Uh, the Andrew Tate thing was, that was my Twitter Waterloo. Yep. And that was the moment where I had to ask myself some some very hard questions. I think if we're going to get into this now. <laughs> yeah, let's get into I, it. I think First what, of all, okay, so Andrew Tate, uh, he's, he's like a, a mixed martial artist, but he's a, he's a, a digital personality, kind of a noted and proud misogynist. Uh, he's worth millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. He was recently indicted. Wasn't he arrested in yeah. Romania on human trafficking charges? And rape. Yeah. And, and rape. But he's got a huge following of hardcore fans. Yeah, and he uh, he's currently on house arrest. Okay, so what was the trial. Andrew Tate thing? Uh, seeing that and that seeing that Musk had sent him a check for twenty thousand dollars, okay, and that that's directly from ad revenue, and then of yeah. course, I mean, the three of us know how ad revenue works yeah. on social media mm-hmm. platforms. The more eyes that see the advertising yeah. means more money, and now that money is going to someone like Andrew Tate. And what that it's not only it's not only immoral, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous, and it's going to encourage men like Andrew Tate or other high-profile destructive accounts to be even worse. Yes. He is paying them to be even worse. And that was, for me, that was the moment where it, it dawned on me, I can't be here in good conscience anymore. I cannot open this platform and scroll and know that every time I'm scrolling, I'm contributing to the advertising dollars that Musk is paying to an alleged human trafficker and rapist who's on house arrest. Like, what am I doing? I can't yeah. even call myself a feminist and be on this platform. Well, it's like, so, where are the morals in that, right? It, yeah, like that for me was a, a breaking point. And it, uh, we have a friend in common, Dr. Rob Tarswell. I think you've interviewed him on at mm-hmm. your last job a few times. I've known Rob since uh, junior high school. Yeah, we and- don't talk about the last job. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why I say just the last job. No, we talk about it a lot, actually. And uh, he and I got into a discussion about it. And he's um, he's a psychiatrist who deals in urgent psychiatric care. And when he said to me, and, you know, he's dealt with rape victims. He's He's dealt with some of the worst scenarios we can imagine and when he said to me yeah that was my twitter waterloo too that was the moment i i knew i had to get out 
then I felt better for it. I, I mean, it's not easy. I've been on there 13 years. Well, I'm it's looking at your, easy. so here's your, here's yeah. your tweet right here uh, at Kiki Planet. You tweet, I don't think I can be here in good conscience anymore. Uh, and then you link to a story from Aaron Rupard does an amazing job, by the way. Um, but, but let me just say it. Like you have 48,000 followers. Yeah. You, uh, you co-host a podcast, the, the uh, political uh, women of Alberta politics podcast, like Twitter, you know, to a certain degree, you sort of feel like you almost need it. Yeah. To do your job. So you're, so you're doing this at, I mean, I know you're not looking for pats on the back and stuff like that, but you're, it, it's detrimental to what you're endeavoring to do. You're, you're, you're nailing your feet to the floor to a certain degree, right? Yeah. On yeah. a matter of well, principle. And, um, I, you know, because we've been friends, uh, pretty much since Long time. the day I was first started on Twitter, that Twitter for me, wasn't just a social media platform. It's become, uh, a very important part of my identity in this city, yeah, even. sure. You know, it's an extension of my life, and I, I held off a long time quitting for for that reason. And we've built communities there. Mm -hmm. In the early days of Twitter, the Edmonton Twitter community did amazing yes. things. Amazing. It was kind of Edmonton work. was almost kind of known, at oh, least yeah. around the country, even further as like a city yeah. was very engaged, yeah. right? Internationally, we were known. The, yeah, I believe it was Wapo yeah. did uh, a whole column about what an amazing Twitter community we built in yeah. this prairie town. Huh. We're so, one of the most active um, communities Carly, in Canada. Why, why do you think that is? I, I don't know. You got to look at like Edmonton in itself. Like, I feel like Edmonton is such. Um, it's a big city with like small town kind of community like everybody knows everybody and I feel like there's so much activity that happens within Edmonton that really connects people and on Twitter it was just like a whole other dynamic of connecting online with everybody within Edmonton that way yeah it was great yeah why what did you so people's people and myself included uh are feeling like or noticing in some cases it's it's undeniable that engagement is way down on the platform mm -hmm. uh beverly you joined us uh back on april 27th of 2022 right. um and you were talking to us this was right around the time that there were the rumblings that elon musk was was moving to acquire twitter that it was going to be around 40 billion dollars the purchase price and, and we brought you on uh, to give us some insights on how you thought that might shake up or influence the platform, what it might do to people who do business on the platform. I'm curious to see how your comments on this or your initial concerns have <laughs> aged. Uh, let's check the tape. Here's Beverly Teresa on Real Talk uh, about a year and a half ago. I've been using Twitter since 2008. I'm, I'm in love with it <laughs> and would like to marry it. But also, like, I'm just I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I'm really super excited to see where it goes, but also kind of nervous because I feel like it's like my social media baby. And as a marketer, um, him talking about how he doesn't maybe want to show as many ads and things like that. So how does that impact my industry as well? Okay. So well, present day. <laughs> Twitter advertising has actually gone down according to some reports, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Twitter, probably a bad thing. Um, and engagement, I, I feel like, has gone down as well. And um, I love Twitter still. I'm mad about certain things, but I'm still dedicated to the platform. Yeah. What would be your assessment at this stage 
on what the Musk impact has been. Like, do you, do you do you get the sense some people would assert that he's running this thing into the ground? Other people are going, well, uh, this guy's kind of like he, he's crazy like a fox, right? This guy's a, a guy that's built Tesla and SpaceX. And do you I, think he can do the same with Twitter? I think he's running it down into the ground, unfortunately. And I am a big fan of Jack Dorsey, like the founder of Twitter. Um, and Jack Dorsey has gone off to create other platforms similar to Twitter that haven't been as successful, but... Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of Twitter. I think Elon Musk kind of ruined it. But I also hate yeah. threads. So, OK, <laughs> well, here's here's the segue. The, the advertising, though, that's a very good point. Musk yeah. himself has said advertising on Twitter is 50 percent down from when he took over the platform. And he's talking about how he doesn't even really have the cash right now to do anything with it. When he bought Twitter, it was valued at $44 billion. Here we are eight months later, and it was at $15 billion before Zuckerberg launched Threads. So what's he looking at now? I mean, his entire monetization, paying Andrew Tate, paying um, the Krasen... Krasenstein, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really about trying to get people to stay on this platform. Do you have an issue with the Krasenstein twins, by the way? Oh, yeah. We had one of them on the show a while back. Oh, did, did you? you? Know that? Yeah, yeah. They're musk ass kissers. Yeah. yeah. They, they just kiss ass. And yeah. for them, it's all about their numbers and their popularity. It's not about being effective. So... I'm not big fans but of that. But for most either. people on social media, it's about numbers absolutely and popularity. Absolutely, it is. No, absolutely. It brings out the worst is. in people, doesn't it? it? Like it, it can, brings out the, sure. in, in our vanity. Yeah, right? our narcissism. In, in our ego, in our oh, yeah. narcissism. Yeah, it feeds yes. it. It absolutely does. I mean, I've been prey to that. You've been prey to that. Of course. I think anyone who manages to establish any kind of following on the platform, you fall prey to the. Uh, the local celebrity. You start thinking you're a pretty big deal. <laughs> oh, hell. You do. And it, you can get trapped in that for years. But I, I, I think there's still some people who have attempted at least to continue using the platform for the greater good. But when you've got an owner who is basically, you know, fuck the good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's his approach to everything. everything. Not, <laughs> to, not just that. <laughs> support the bad. It's yeah. Like, support yeah. the bad. Yeah. He's amplified the absolute dredges and of you know, the internet. Like, it just makes it okay for other people who are like hiding within those thoughts yeah. and those values that they have um, to vocalize them yeah. and put them on the internet. And it's just astounding to me to see how many people that I was even close to within like the last five years that I am no longer close to because I didn't realize that they had these certain things that had come out of them because that had made it okay for them to vocalize it, or yeah. at least in their mind. Well, uh, and I think we yeah. have to consider too that trolls and, and bot farms yes. aren't content creators. Mm -hmm. So when when Musk takes to his own Twitter account to brag about, ooh, screen time's up this much, ooh, and engagement is up this much, well, we don't know where he's getting the numbers from. They're not internals, we know that much. And the other thing he's not telling people is that you might have some butthead in mommy's basement who's got 50 troll accounts and he's running them all and each account is tweeting, a, you know, a tweet mm -hmm. per minute. 
that is not content. No. And the content creators that drove Twitter, that made the platform what it is and did that work for free, mm -hmm. they're leaving in hordes now yeah. because there isn't a space there for content creators anymore. Okay, so when you pieced out from Twitter a week ago, did you automatically or had you already moved over to Threads? It was or already there. You had activated, <laughs> it's 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 simple to use for people that don't know basically this. And, and you, you all three can correct me because I really don't know what I'm talking i have a basic <laughs> just ask johnny i have a basic working understanding of all of this but if you had an instagram account already they've made it pretty simple you still have the same username you basically yeah. click one button and then you have threads yep. threads is kind of like a hybrid of instagram and twitter right it's it's mm, i would say it's more like early twitter okay yeah. uh i think i'm i'm not sure how much your audience is aware of how threads came about. Well, school so us. Let's discuss that just a little yeah. bit. So Zuckerberg's team at Meta had already been working on a an extension for Instagram that they didn't plan on serving as a Twitter replacement, but more of just a way to get some people from Twitter to move over to their engagement platform. Then Musk put that limit on reads. So out of the blue, we all wake up one morning and hey, guess what? If you're not an eight buck chuckle fuck. <laughs> here, here, Can we write good. that down? I was gonna say, we gotta put that on a t-shirt. Eight buck chuckle <laughs> fuck. I am stealing that, but I will credit you. You need to Thank tweet you. it. Yeah. yeah, so if if you're not paying them $8 uh, a month to be on the platform, well, guess what? You only get to read 600 tweets. I have 46,000 followers. I follow close to 15,000 people. 600 tweets? That's a joke. That's 90 seconds yeah. on Twitter for me. And then I can't read anymore. Yeah. Then my my rate limit is expired. Well, when Meta saw this, they immediately decided, okay, we have to launch now. Yeah. And they weren't ready to launch, but they... <laughs> launched it anyways and unfortunately i think in the absence of a few um a few fundamental twitter options that hurt them and they are slowly working on the platform and bringing those options in but until they've got i i, I think it was a mistake for him to launch without uh hashtags he should have at least waited till i agree yeah. he had hashtags because that turned a lot of people off they mm -hmm. couldn't find the topics they wanted they couldn't find the other users they yeah. wanted to engage with i love that podcast today explained they do a really great job i don't know if you guys oh, listen to awesome. it. it's like a 12 to 15 yeah. minute uh yeah. just a they do such a good job and uh, they were saying that one of the fascinating things about watching threads in the first couple of days was you could see improvements happening you've got like some of the world's yeah. best code what do you call them code writers programmers authors, code programmers yeah, yeah. um uh, you know, some of the world's best working on it and so they would say like you could see the, the the app evolving over the course of several hours yeah and improvements being made to it typically though that's not how you want to launch something you don't want to be doing it in, in the public eye no but he played it smart he the the thing he did that was smart was uh, make that like a draw, make it a bonus. You get to tell us what you uh, want. Next. You're in on yeah. the ground floor. Yeah, exactly. So you in the first five minutes of the show, you assert, Beverly, I hate threads. I don't like it. How come? <laughs> Personally, like for personal use, I do not like it because 
Okay, well, I don't really use Instagram that much. And some of the Instagram people I follow, I don't really like. I just follow them back. Um, <laughs> why? It's a creep follow. Can, can, can we turn this into like a, a psychologist moment? Like, how, why do you think that is? Do you, um, do you feel pressure to follow back? I do feel pressure to follow back. Huh. Even like on all, even on Twitter, like some a real person will, I make sure they're a real person. A real person will follow me and I'm like, and maybe they've tweeted at me before, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll follow you back, even though I don't want to. Ah, I see. Interesting. I'm, I'm just a nice person. I can't help being this nice. Yeah, you are a nice person. <laughs> so, 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 but you, but you've got strong words. Good Canadian. You've got strong words uh, for threads. What is it, kind of in particular? I think that people are going to conf- like the Instagram users are going to confuse it for, hey, this is just going to be where I post the same stuff that I post on Instagram on threads, mm. and also, um, I just feel like. I don't know. It's missing so many features as well as like you can't delete threads Uh, like you can't delete your username from threads unless you delete your Instagram account, which I don't really like. It's changing soon. though. Yeah. Meta's promised that'll change within the next month or so. I have to say what I do like about it is so I have Instagram verified for many reasons. Um, Obviously, I wanted to test it just based on, you know, working with so many clients over the years. I wanted to see what it was about. But when Threads was introduced, it also transfers over to Threads. So you're not just verified on Instagram, you're verified on Threads. And help people understand, like, why is it such a big deal to be verified? Everyone, I mean, you know, Kiki just references the eight buck chuckle fucks. It's almost like if you if <laughs> yeah. you're if you're paying to be verified on, on yeah. Twitter right now, it's almost it's it's almost embarrassing. Yeah, uh, or, yeah I honestly, mean, that's, that's one way to look. Like, it's a one way to look at it. But I, I look at it as kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So why is that good for you on the other platforms? So Instagram in particular, um, I mean, over, I'd say even the last couple years, like there have been so many fake bot accounts. I've seen so many people click a link by accident because one of their friends sent it to them, not knowing that they were hacked. Um, and basically the verification uh, program within that is just an extra layer of protection um, versus just having like second authentication. So that's what I really like about it. Um that and, you know, if somebody goes and makes a fake account of me and say post some like really like offhand things that like I would never, you know, agree with, um, it's very clearly not me. Mm. People know that yeah. I'm me. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. The Spectator Index uh, posting some interesting numbers uh, just a few days ago. And, and I'm curious for your take on this as well. The concern, of course, might be with any new venture that it's a flash in the pan. Uh, Threads had, uh, as of the 7th of July, shortly after launch, 49 million daily active users. Not too shabby for a brand new app. Seven days later, on the 14th of July, 23 million daily active users. Mm -hmm. The number slashed in half. People were also spending, I think, in the beginning, on average, about 25 minutes on Threads, and Mm -hmm. now it's eight minutes a day. Okay. So So what does that tell you as an expert? I think it's just too early for like for businesses, like if you want to test it out, test it out. But I think it's too early to tell. And we've seen Facebook or Meta try and do other products like um, I think it was Parse or Beacon. I forget what it was called, but it was similar to Snapchat and it failed. Um, and then they try like they basically tried to copy TikTok, but like still can't steal the users away from TikTok. 
Um, so it's kind of like Meta keeps trying these things and we'll have to see if it's successful or not. What does that say about me in this show that I didn't even mention TikTok in the first 28 minutes? <laughs> is that is that a, uh, how, how do big? Do you use TikTok? Uh, we have people can follow Real Talk on TikTok. But and do I love, you use it? Uh, uh, not per, like I do have an account. People are welcome to follow me, but they won't see anything there yet because quite frankly, I feel like I'm spread too thin. Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm really proud of our Real Talk TikTok. We call it Real Talk. T-O-K like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, I think it's a, it's a really neat way to take, like, we'll take this hour um, that a lot of people are going to enjoy the full hour, but some people want to, in 60 seconds or less, or 40 right. seconds, right. be like, what was the best moment? What was the biggest highlight? Wait, let me be clear, Ryan. Do you <laughs> surf TikTok? No. Okay. Oh, I'm there all the time. Oh, I'm God. there, I'm the there constantly. Yeah. And yeah. I've never So we buried the lead. <laughs> we buried the lead. You're spending all your time on TikTok. What is it about TikTok? It. It's just is the algorithm has you in its clutches. Yeah. Is it like you start scrolling and then all of a sudden it's 90 minutes later? Yeah. Well, and if you find that if you find that niche, if you like enough of the videos that you you really like, then your feed is just it's glorious. Everything you love. It's wonderful. In one place. And yeah. it's just constant scrolling. And honestly, I love TikTok so much. Um, I joined the platform like many people did beginning of COVID, you know, yeah. like seeing everybody doing like the TikTok dances. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to feel this out. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I, when we had first moved to our new place, my dog went and dug a hole. My dog has never dug in its life. And I just took a video of it. And I was like, how funny would it be to put this on TikTok with some like ominous music and be like, oh, like my dog sniffing this area. And literally within 24 hours, it had like 5 million views. What? It's up to like 30 million at this point. It is still going. And this is like two years later. Wow. And that's not monetized, right? No. Okay. Carly no. is popular on TikTok. Can confirm she appears on my For You page. <laughs> and I'm like, this girl is from my city. I know her. <laughs> but I just, I love TikTok because it's just like those things, just the most one off, like wonderful internet culture type yeah. things just blow up. And you never know. So all three of you are just raving about it. All I three love of you it. Hey, all four. I, I know. All, you're big on TikTok yeah, too. But, I, but hey, but what about what about the Chinese and surveillance and, yeah. and loss of privacy it's and intellectual exactly property? It's exactly the same as other social media platforms. Yeah. Like you can't get away with, from it. And I think people, okay, <laughs> canceled. Um, people who complain about like, oh, my privacy, my data. It's like, okay, delete your phone. Throw your phone in the garbage. In the throw away your Air don't Miles card. Don't use a credit card. Don't use a debit card. Like you don't want to be tracked. Don't go outside because there's cameras everywhere. Like just go live in the bush and have a garden and that's it. Okay. Legit. I mean, that, that actually sounds pretty amazing. You go live in the middle of nowhere. It sounds like Jasper. Grow your own food. <laughs> My brother's been growing his own for 20 years, if you know what I mean. What? <laughs> Back in just a second, I want to get the our panelists' take on a couple of stories making news. There's a uh, Donaire costume up for auction that's probably going to sell if it's trending in the right direction for more than $10,000. The Prime Minister swarmed at an event in Ontario and the executive director of Alberta Premier Daniel Smith's office, a curious tweet yesterday, uh, essentially praising the pretty polarizing figure. If you don't know what we're talking about, you won't want to go anywhere. This episode is presented by our wonderful friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. 
in our neck of the woods state, it's going to be like 30 degrees and hot. It is a perfect day. Ooh. It's a perfect weekend to check out the DQ 2023 Summer Blizzard Treat Menu, including the Reese's Caramel Pretzel Blizzard Treat. We've got a whole bunch of other seasonal favorites. How about the S'mores Blizzard, Cotton Candy, Choco Dipped Strawberry. You can find all of them at the Dairy Queens and Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount. That's my home DQ. And of course, in Sherwood Park at Baseline Road. Our friends at Grand Dog Essentials Quality Raw Food want to let you know that this is the time of year. It's a perfect time of year to keep a keen eye on how your dogs are doing because seasonal allergies can be a real thing. A lot of that can have to do with what they're eating, but there's also some great supplements that you might want to check out at granddog.ca. Also wanted to let you know that they've got a promotion running for this entire month, and we're going to be telling you more about that through the course of next week, but we want to make sure that you can fill your freezer. If your dogs are, like ours, devouring their Grand Dog Essentials quality raw food, you are not going to want to miss that opportunity. Stay tuned. We're going to tweet about that. The deal itself will be in the show notes on this episode on podcast and on YouTube. Want to make sure you don't miss it. It's a special for the month of July exclusively at Grand Dog ca we're thrilled for our friends at the ywca of edmonton they've been named the recipients the 50 50 partners essentially at this year's k days what does that mean it means that there's hopefully going to be a big check coming their way to help fund programs they do a ton of amazing and very important work in the community here's the call to action we want you to be part of something big right Join the volunteer team on the K-Days grounds between July 21st and 30th to help spread the word about the 50-50. Benefits include free entry to K-Days, free transportation with Edmonton Transit, and a $10 food voucher. Of course, the biggest benefit of all of this is that you're helping the YWCA Edmonton with all of their programs. You'll find the link in the show notes if you want to sign up to volunteer and help out our friends at the YWCA. And a lot of talk this week on the show about the oil sands, about emissions, about Canada's role in global climate commitments. Randy Boisno, Federal Minister on Monday. Mike Lake, Conservative MP, Tuesday. Stephen Gilboa, Environment Minister, Wednesday. Right? Big show. Even yesterday, it's coming up in conversation, talking about methane with Jeff Galis, his Alberta Views piece. Of course, we know this is on your radar. You know that oil sands operations contribute significant carbon emissions in Canada. That's why the six largest companies are working together and with governments to take strides on the path to net zero from their operations. You can learn more about what they're doing at pathwaysalliance.ca. Just a few numbers there. I'll throw them in. Mm. Simple Web, which is kind of like an app watchdog, says most apps that become popular as fast as threads. They usually lose about 30% of their followers or people who sign up within like six to 10 days. Six to 10 days? Yeah. So that may be what we're seeing here is people sign up, they check it out and then they peace out or they leave it on their phone and they come back later. Second of all, Twitter engagement down 18.7%. They so how do they, what are they, the how, must how are they, Back to our experts, Beverly. Thanks, Johnny, for that. Beverly, Teresa, uh, Kathleen Smith. I was just wondering, like Kiki, but Kathleen <laughs> Kiki Smith, and of course Carly Watson joining us. Uh, does that is that something that raises a red flag to you? Does that sound alarm bells to you? You I see engagement down twenty percent. I think it's normal. Like remember Clubhouse that launched during the pandemic? Oh what? my gosh, yes. They're laying off fifty percent of their staff. Yeah. 
like in the last couple of months. It's like, what happened to that app? Like it blew up. Everyone was using it. Well, not everyone. Um, but yeah, it's just, it lost its Wasn't coolness. that the one you had to be like invited to or something or someone, people? It was, I think it was uh, App Store, like iTunes only or whatever. Oh, and yeah. And you just talked on it. I, okay. And, you know, I think part of what's happened with threads too, if you don't, is... Uh, People expected to join threads and have it immediately be like Twitter. Yeah. And what people have seemed to forget is that Twitter wasn't great when we all first joined it in the beginning either. Like it took time to build the communities. It took time to figure out how we were going to use that platform to our advantage. The things I've seen on threads that I actually do really like is you define your experience on the platform by how you engage, how you interact. If you like a tweet from a troll, a, a post or a thread, yeah. we don't call them tweets. <laughs> if you like something there, you're going to get more of it. Yeah. If you engage with something there, you're going to get more of it. You control what's happening in your feed. And there's some people who don't they're not crazy about having to put in that effort. Uh, what I also like is right now, the users on thread threads are taking control of the platform and moderating it themselves. And that's something that has been seriously lacking on Twitter. So if you're on threads and you start engaging, because there are some trolls in there, there are some far right wingers that have already transitioned over. That tangy lasagna person is there and heaven knows she causes, what's her name? Tommy, Tammy Lauren. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just call her tangy lasagna. She's in there. <laughs> Did you give her that name? Or yeah. The, in, I don't know. That's what I've always stay called. stay up at night and just scribble these things? <laughs> you got to make a t-shirt company. Yeah. yeah. We need to bring you on board. If, if you engage with her, you're going to get more of her. Yeah. But what you're also going to get is some high profile accounts that have already transitioned over yeah. telling you to cut that shit out. He's saying to you, look, are we going to repeat the same mistakes we made over on Twitter? Are we going to amplify the worst of the Internet? Are we going to, uh, in the name of the gotcha gang, requote re these people, retweet yeah. these people and give them exposure to our own audiences? So it's fabulous to see users taking responsibility for taking keeping control. the room tidy. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this is a new joint. We're going to keep it clean in here. Yeah. Everybody's going to be cool. So it's a righteous yeah. vibe right now. Whether or not the righteous vibe can last. Yeah. I, do, I mean, it's social media. I do have to say, though, it's really interesting to me just from, you know, a standpoint of what I do for my work. Um, it, just the transfer over of the audience from Instagram. I'm seeing folks who have literally never been on Twitter. Yeah. Period. <laughs> um, loving threads. And I'm like, guys, where have you been? Like, do you know Twitter? <laughs> um, but they love it. And now they're within that type of yeah. community. And I, like for me personally, obviously it's dependent on what you like and what you post and what you interact with. But for me, it's a good mix between uh, Twitter, Instagram, and kind of Tumblr mm -hmm. or like old yes, school very Tumblr. Much. Um, and I'm finding it's a lot of like very like content, like visual based um, at least on my end currently. And people are just having fun. Um, it's really refreshing. You know, some days, and I'm sure you both can relate to this, being on Twitter can be so exhausting just scrolling through there, um, especially over the last few years. It's just like, 
you know, there's messages that need to be put out there for sure. But man, there is just some draining stuff, especially with how the algorithm is working right now on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like like yeah. Kiki said, too, with with accounts, you know, some dubious ones, some nefarious ones being rewarded yes. uh, financially for what they're tweeting. I mean, Twitter has, has been a home for I mean, you, you kind of like take the good with the bad in a sense. I don't believe that tech is inherently bad it's the application of the tech is the atomic right. is the atomic bomb inherently bad no uh is the use of it the application of it problematic in many circumstances if not most obviously yeah. right yeah. i mean kind of a weird example but but there you go so i mean you want to talk about conspiracy theories you want to talk about where it's gone since you know probably you know 2016 but even before with trump being elected as president of the united states um i mean geez his social media journey pretty interesting as hmm. well with truth social you know he's still sort of you know, refusing. He was playing it cool with Twitter, not coming back after he was banned under previous ownership. But but the conspiracy theories that we see uh, can fester and spread quickly on Twitter, uh, which which brings me to the next point. I wanted to put this in front of you all. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr. yesterday uh, or this week has been has been testifying Republicans. I mean, the guy wants to be the, the Democratic nominee for president. Right. Um, he wants to represent the Democrats, he wants to run against Trump. And, and a lot of people are really cynical about that and, and questioning the motivation because it just feels like a weird fit, right? The Republicans are the ones that invited him to testify before Congress this week about supposed censorship on social media. But if you were watching those proceedings, you know that it went well beyond that. Accusations of his past and anti-Semitic comments, his insistence that he's, quote, never said anything racist or anti-Semitic even once in his life. Let me tee this up and we're going to bring this back local in just a second. But here's RFK Jr. on the record talking about COVID-19 and who it's bioengineered to target. COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. Okay, so the Jews and the Chinese are escaping the bio-targeted COVID-19. <laughs> this didn't sit well. With a lot of the uh, representatives that were participating in these committee hearings, and that includes a congressman out of Virginia, Jerry Connolly, a Democrat and a big fan of the Kennedy name, as we heard yesterday, scathing words. And no matter what you may think, Mr. Kennedy, and I revere your name, you're not here to propound your case for censorship. You are here for cynical reasons to be used politically by that side of the aisle to embarrass the current president of the United States, and you're an enabler in that effort today. And it brings shame on a story name that I revere. I began my political interest with your father, and it makes me profoundly sad to see where we have descended today in this hearing. I yield the balance of my time. Yields the balance of his time. Strong words. So here, here's why this is relevant today on a prairie-based podcast talking about social media. As RFK Jr. is trending yesterday for all the wrong reasons, if you're hoping that RFK Jr. is going to beat out the current president of the United States for the Democratic nomination, yesterday was probably not a great day if you're looking at why he was trending. But there's one tweet seeing a lot of action from Rob Anderson, 
He's a former Alberta MLA with the Wild Rose Party, and he's currently the executive director of Premier Daniel Smith's office. He tweeted yesterday profoundly powerful words from Democrat RFK Jr. for politicians and their teams of all stripes to consider regarding censorship and cancel culture. Regardless of his political views, it's hard not to cheer for this man. He seems to possess great character. Jesus. Now, obviously, the NDP are having a field day with this. Uh, Let's talk about the potential consequences of this. Let's talk about the pros and cons and why the executive director of a premier's office might choose to take this opportunity to tweet that. What's your first impression? Well, uh, I mean character are we really going to mention rob anderson and character in the same sentence rob roomba anderson who continually crossed the floor and kept sucking that's why i like to call him a roomba (laughs) the man's got good the man's got like no place to be speaking about character the truth of the matter is that uh rfk jr is batshit he's batshit and he's the worst kind of batshit batshit because Unlike a lot of the uh, the conspiracy theory opportunists that we've seen arise over the last, I'd say, good six to seven years is when we've really seen an explosion of this, especially since uh, 2016 and the Trump, the beginning of the Trump days. Um, RFK Jr. believes his own shit. And that's what I find most concerning. He's not, he's, he's not one of these opportunists like... Um, well, I mean, I won't say his name, but the one who runs a media outlet that isn't really a media outlet. Oh, go and ahead. You're talking about Ezra Levant. Yeah. It, it, I, I really think Levant's an opportunist. I don't think Levant believes half the shit. That is the, the least shit. controversial thing you've ever said. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he believes half the shit that he pushes out there, but he knows how to capture an audience and he knows how to play an audience. RFK Jr. believes his shit. And that's very concerning to me. So as much as I'm... I'm happy to see him called out. It it has been distressing to watch these hearings and to realize that so many Republicans know that the man is a little bit outside of his mind, but they don't care. So let me ask you this, Beverly, because you, you announced, you let people know your number one skill set is helping businesses and let's say organizations, maybe governments, not suck on social media for the executive director of the premier's office. Was this actually an astute move yesterday? Because he he doesn't need to appeal to everybody. Rob Anderson's not trying to change the mind of NDP supporters right right now. He's trying to make sure that their base, the conservative base is strongly supporting the premier. Was it actually a wise move? It's funny because I've actually trained like, like local politicians on social media. Um, And I would, (laughs) that guy needs some training. I don't follow (laughs) politics. So I, ignorantly don't know who that person is um but yeah i think i feel like it's just like once you're in a certain position you can say whatever the fuck you want and people will either love you or you hate or they hate you but i feel like there's also like oh there's an opportunity here to troll people let me be a troll but also i'm glad that i'm not going to get covid because i'm not white or black so <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Oh, you really dodged the bullet. I know. You know, we need we need more people talking about how life has been especially difficult for white people over the last while. That that, that maybe that'll be our next Friday roundtable, Johnny. What do you uh, think? I don't know. Maybe we'd advise against uh, that. Uh, and that idea hurt that, my feels. That, that idea, hurt my white lady feels it didn't, over make here. It, it didn't make it past the cutting room floor. Uh, 
could it have been actually a smart move? I mean, is, is the executive director of the premier's office putting this out? I mean, a lot of the, the NDP is appalled by this, but he doesn't give a shit about what the NDP thinks. To be honest, it's just it comes back to, you know, these folks have influence and that's dangerous. They don't. I think a lot of them really, truly don't understand, like the responsibility and the accountability that they have to hold within that kind of position. You know, I feel like you're they can go online, say what they want to say, and then they just they sit there because they think it's okay. And then you have these folks who, you know, they'll have these ideas in the back of their head, but they don't, you know, vocalize them. And then, you know, it just makes it okay for people to say things that are very clearly like racist, um, very clearly just completely not Okay. Science denialism. Yes. The, yes. The entire mess. I think yes. it's important too that we uh, we <laughs> need to keep in mind that operatives like Rob Anderson and Rob Anderson is a political operative. Yeah. Operatives at his level know how to make the other side look bad, and are willing to look a little bit foolish to achieve that goal. Sure. So uh, by tweeting something like that, well, now the NDP is all riled up and losing their shit. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're going to see for a couple days. I think it's it's not only about um, the person pushing the misinformation or the person lauding uh, the, the racism. It's about how the rest of us react to it. 100%. And a lot of the reaction is not constructive. It's just toxic. And then it's people screaming at each other, which has become a game. It's Mm -hmm. like it's the game we all play now online where we fight with each other instead of trying to have conversations. Yeah, like taking a step back and just actually thinking before you start or head into a conversation, um, you know, and... I mean, like, I used to be, like, very much um, within my advocacy with eating disorders and anti-diet culture, which I still am. Um, But even then, like, I just, I had to take a break. And I had to take a step back from certain things because you can't fight all battles. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people just have this knee-jerk reaction to those things instead of actually, like, taking the time to think about what they want to say and if they're going to put that energy into it. And give them that spotlight. Yeah. Oh, the gotcha yeah. gang gets filed up. Yeah. The, fired up. The gotcha gang is always going to be there uh, waiting for the chance to prove how much better they are, to yeah. to prove how much more progressive they are. But there comes a point where you have to ask yourself, am I tweeting this to look good? Am I amplifying this because we need to have a discussion about it? Or am I doing it so I get pats on the back for calling it out? Right. Yes. Yeah. And don't read the comments. Never oh. read the oh. bottom half of the internet. Stay out of the bottom Save half your of mental the internet. Health. And there's no like for me. I for a longest time I would read comments and then I'd be like, oh my god, I'm gonna write something back to them. And now it's just like you're so dumb. Just mm. and then I just not scroll on it. past. Not I'm like worth not worth my mental health. Uh, Carly, you mentioned your your advocacy uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to eating disorders, and uh, I should mention your your uh, previous appearance on Real Talk. If people want to check that out, it. it extremely powerful round table uh people can check our archives uh we talk about eating disorders uh, fat phobia i mean it was just a really 
meaningful conversation where our three panelists, including yourself, really put it all out there. That was February 4th of 2022. People can check that out on our YouTube channel or wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, in just a second, if you needed any evidence that maybe we've lost our ability to, to disagree without being disagreeable, as they say, we're going to go to an absolutely bonkers situation in Belleville, Ontario. In just a second, the prime minister swarmed uh, by some of his loudest critics. Uh, first, though, I wanted to remind you about yesterday's conversation with Jeff Galis, uh, who's a, a journalist and an author based out of Missoula, Montana. He talked to us about hidden harm. That's Alberta's methane problem. You can watch that episode on YouTube. You can find it on your podcast and you can read Jeff's piece in Alberta Views magazine. We wanted to let you know that subscribers uh, of Real Talk, friends of Real Talk, have an exclusive opportunity, though it's cool if you tell all your friends as well, to save 50% on a one-year subscription to Alberta Views magazine using the promo code AVRJ. Uh, it's the magazine for engaged citizens. We're proud to partner with them. They do amazing work. I loved, did you see in the live chat yesterday, a bunch of people were talking to us about why they've subscribed to mm -hmm. Alberta Views since hearing about it on Real Talk. Yeah. It's 20 bucks for 10 issues delivered right to your door. Uh, if you want to stay informed, if you want to stay engaged, we go to albertaviews.ca. Again, that promo code is AVRJ. These conversations happen because of Real Talk sponsors like our friends at Eden Landscaping. You can find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. I've been telling you a little bit about our journey, and we're going to start showing photos pretty soon. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what. We'll bring some photos and video in next week of the before and the current. Uh, our family, we've been putting you know a plan together, including a budget, to get our backyard reinvented, to make it better fit our family, to look decent with two big dogs out there. You know what they can do to lawn. And of course, we got two boys that need to be able to play out there as well. So the space has to be functional, but we want to entertain adults too. They found this amazing balance. Yesterday, I get a call from Mike. He shoots me a text first. Never cold call somebody. Always text first. Mike texts. He says, you available for a call. Number one, he scores points with me there. I go, uh-oh, uh-oh. Our landscape contractor needs a quick phone call. Where's this going to go? I give him a call. You know what he says? He goes, we found some people when their backyards get dug up, they get they get they feel a little bit of anxiety. He says, I'm just calling to make sure everything's good. I'm wondering if you have any questions. I'm wondering if you need anything early in the process. I said, Mike, I know exactly what I'm telling the Real Talkers tomorrow. This is what you get when you deal with a family-owned, family-run business like Eden Landscaping. Do what we did. Get your free quote today. Start that conversation by seeing them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. It's a big weekend at Friesen Brothers, the watermelon eating contest. Do you think anybody's going to beat you, Johnny, in the watermelon eating contest at Friesen Brothers this weekend? I haven't been uh, necessarily training, Oh, but I have been watching a lot of videos. They say that before something like this, you're going to want to drink a lot of water. Like yeah. A lot of water before and then leave it some time. This is the Joey Chestnut yeah. secret to just stuffing your face in eating competitions. The style is called Dyson. It's just suck it up as fast as you can. Apparently Apparently, it just blends going down the throat. So you I just like got to take it in as fast as you can. Roomba and Dyson are going to get some play on the show today here on Real Talk. I love it. Friesen Brothers also let you know that the July 22nd, you can learn more by checking out Friesen.com slash Watermelon Fest. It's also Ivan's Sausage Summer. and They've got a ton of specials. You can read them online. Uh, they're giving away a bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, it's a photo contest. They want to see how you enjoy Ivan's Sausage. You can submit your photos, find the details online at Friesen.com. That's F-R-E-S-O-N.com. 
This message is aimed at professional engineers across the country or maybe aspiring professional engineers. Are you about to enter maybe your fourth year of study in engineering school here anywhere in Canada? Are you currently a PNG, but basically your job situation is lousy? You don't feel inspired. You're not reaching your potential. You're looking for a way out, but you're not going to go until you find something solid. Do yourself a favor. Check out apexautomation.ca today. They're hiring engineers across the board. People that want to be part of industry 4.0. People intrigued by automation in the energy industry, in the brewing industry, in big tech. There's a ton of opportunity at Apex Automation. And we also want to give a big shout out, especially during these Real Talk Roundtables, where we welcome friends of the show into this studio. A reminder that this studio was built by the team at Complete Care Restoration. That's why we have the confidence to give them two thumbs up when it comes to their professionalism, their commitment to their craft, their efficiency, and their ability to stay on budget. That's a big deal for us. They're experts in fire damage and flood damage. We know this time of year, some of you are going to be dealing with a real gut punch based on wildfires, based on flooding, based on, you know, for some of you, it's just that big rainfall. Your foundation's 50 years old. It's got a few cracks. The next thing you know, you got a huge mess on your hands. Make your first call. Make your first inquiry one to Complete Care Restoration. You can find them under the Sponsors tab on our website, ryanjesperson.com. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his team forced to cancel an event in Belleville, Ontario yesterday after he was swarmed by protesters. There's a remarkable video posted online. Uh, certainly not appropriate for any of the kids that might. I mean, if you still have kids listening at this point in the show, uh, but this one for real, you don't want the kids hearing this. But that's kind of part of the point. It's kind of part of the reason why we're playing it. We're going to play the full 90 seconds, and then I'm going to get Carly and Kathleen and Beverly's take on it. Here's the prime minister swarmed in Belleville, Ontario. So you get the idea. 
there's fuck Trudeau flags. There's Trump flags. Uh, the prime minister's security detail, in my mind, doing an absolutely incredible job. Amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, just, just keeping their cool, getting him to safety. Uh, he was on his way to a farmer's market. He was in Belleville to meet with the mayor and uh, commemorate the seventh anniversary of the liberals introducing the child care benefit. But that event was uh, cut short. Kiki, I've never y- you look actually like. I don't know how to describe it. You look like you just got really bad news. Well, I, I'm, I'm struggling with the emotion of it all. You know, there's, there's a part of me that really wants to say this isn't who we are as Canadians. But guess what? This is exactly who we are it's as reality Canadians right now. now it's sure. the reality, and I, I, I'm, I'm torn between being saddened to see this happen in my home country and also being really fucking mad at politicians who continue to use divisiveness and fear-mongering and outright lies to their own benefit. And there has got to be a point where we all wake up and realize how we're being used and abused by a political system that doesn't care if we rip each other apart as long as they're in office, as long as they're the ones who have the power, and as long as their donors are the ones benefiting from it. And truly, that's like a visual representation of exactly what we were talking about, of how dangerous influence can be online. Um, I heard one of the folks in that crowd screaming pedophile. Um, I mean, there's so much violence and so much misinformation going on within the queer and trans community, uh, especially with this side of things. And then to see something like that in real life, it's yeah. it leaves me so ashamed um, of just how we got here, you know, and where is the humanity, regardless of where you stand on your political stance? Like, where is your humanity? Where is any sort of like under- self-respect? Yeah. Self-respect and, and dignity. Yeah. Yeah. It's truly astounding. And it makes me really sad as well, too, to see that. Um, but yeah, it comes down to a lot of like very dangerous influence online, too. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you guys are so deep. Um, I literally was like, that guy needs to shut up and stop yelling because there's children. Um, it's sad. Yeah, yeah there were I, kids around there. I, 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 I should have mentioned it's that. It's definitely sad. But also, like, can we talk about how he's very gorgeous and his hair? Um, Hot. <laughs> Hot daddy. I'm, I'm just like in my own world, maybe. And it's just like, yeah, people like that exist. Yeah, I've had people be racist to me and just like yell at me in person, like unfortunately in person. And it's just like kudos to him for just being like, hey, I'm going to meet these people who actually like me and kind of just ignore yeah. these these real life trolls. Oh, but that one lady, did you see did you see uh, for people listening on the podcast? Let me mention it about 30 seconds into that video. There's there's a woman you, if, if you're looking for the point, she, the woman in hijab, she, she comes up and gets her selfie like in the middle of yeah. this melee. She's like, yeah. she's like, hey, it just gets a quick photo <laughs> and then disappears. I was like, but like, but for me, I uh, I mean, I, I don't think like it's it's not a laughing matter at all because no. that could have gone sideways in a real hurry well, like all it takes new. is and, yeah. and I don't know if you heard at one point halfway through again for those on the podcast the one lady screaming get your hands off me get your hands off you know who she's saying that to she's saying that to a member of the prime minister's security detail like if you fuck with the secret service in the US get your hands off me are you kidding me yeah you're face first in asphalt oh, in, in hand, like, zip tied <laughs> yeah. in hand. like you know what I mean I mean like yeah. I, I think 
but uh, and I'm not suggesting that we want martial law and, and heavy police force all the time. But I just thought for the prime minister to be able to and I don't care which way you vote. I don't care who you support politically. I don't want to see any politician in Canada mm-hmm. treated this way. And I don't want to see events happening like this incidents, let me call it happening like this, because somebody could very easily be killed in a situation like that, seriously injured. He's already had to do campaign appearances during the last election in a bulletproof vest. And then, because of course, of people, threats on his life. people and were people, suggesting that was a cooked up scenario. Yeah. Or they call him a wimp. Yeah. Because he had to wear a bulletproof vest. Well, because like, they had received death threats. The, the insanity of it all. Those people were on point. a long leash, I feel like. Yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, dude. I don't know what his uh, really was, what was his security yeah. team thinking. Well, because. Though. Yeah. And you know what? And that is an interesting thing, too. And I wonder if because, you know, and I'm not an expert on this, obviously, um, you know what we should get? We should get, uh, we, we've got some friends that work in private security. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually hire them to work our Real Talk events because they blend in. They the granddaddy. Suits. Nobody knows that they're, <laughs> that they're here to bust skulls if they need to. I'm secret kidding. shopper. I'm kidding. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, they, they are. We have secret security at our events, obviously. And uh, anyway, maybe we should get them on the show next week to talk to us about totally. the mindset because they do VIP protection. They do like pickups yeah. and private jets. They, they, they escort the people that you don't know are in town and that's the whole point. So maybe we'll pick their brain next week uh, if they're available on that but but I, I i watch how for example you know i've watched some of these these uh, you know images of secret service in action when there's a threat or when there's a perceived threat sometimes it's just something at an event falling and making a big bang noise and all of a sudden there's four people covering the president getting him out of there um in this circumstance you wonder if if they're maybe taking a cue from the pm because he didn't seem to be i mean if anything you know the imagery is so spectacular. You've got flags flying behind him. Fuck Trudeau. And he's smiling, <laughs> slowly yeah. making his way through. You and know? I, I don't know uh, if anyone else here has been to a, a Trudeau event, but being right in the crowds is something he really prides himself on. And I'm mm. sure it drives his security absolutely batty. But watching that video, if anything had happened, there's no way to get him out of there quickly. No. Like that crowd is pushed right up on him and they're feeding off each other. They're feeding each other instinct. rage. Yeah. Like they're, it's insane. Yeah, they're yeah. just getting more and more and more rabid yeah. and pushing in closer. So I'm kind of surprised that his security team allowed that. And well, I, 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 I applaud the prime minister for wanting to be amongst the people and he's always been that way. That's who Justin Trudeau is. I think there's a point in time where he's actually putting other people at risk too. And when it's that volatile of a situation, just go. Just get in the SUV and go because people are going to understand you couldn't do much as a result of the protesters there. But by staying there, it's too much of a risk. It's putting too many other people at risk. The, the reason why I wanted to in- include it in our conversation today, number one, just because it's it's a very significant event that happened just yesterday. People expect Real Talk to talk about stuff like this. But also a reminder is we've spent an, an hour and we're a bit into overtime. I thank you all for your time. Hopefully we're not getting you fired from your new job, Carly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but it's a reminder as well that the vitriol and the poison and the aggression and the angst that we see online does also exist in real 
real life. Yeah. And this and and I and I believe that that's one of the many reasons why it does need to be taken seriously. Um, I've so appreciated your insights on the show today. I wanted to let you know we'll end on a high note. Uh, well, trash talk's gonna be great. It's a it's a Trumpian trash talk today. Uh, but I can let you know that, that the number has bumped up since we've started doing the show here. The Alberta online auction. You just go to surplus.gov.ab.ca uh, for the donair costume. This thing's currently the high bid at ten thousand five hundred five dollars. Uh, this costume, the Alberta government, if you don't know the background, I'll tell the story in two sentences. So basically, the, the progressive conservatives, um, as they were preparing for cannabis to be legalized, uh, this is back in, in 2014, 2015, they were going to put together an ad campaign for like a talking donaire. And the donaire was going to talk to people about to smoke weed and then drive their cars. And the donaire was going to be like, hey, it's a bad idea to smoke and drive. Don't drive impaired. Uh, the NDP takes office as the story goes. This per Brian Mason, who's joined us on the show just a short time ago, he was named Minister of Transportation. He came in changing of the guard, change of government. They perceived that to be making light of impaired driving and they killed the ad campaign. So this donaire costume has just sat in a dusty old storage room up until a short time ago when they decided to auction it off. I have to suspect they were expecting it to go for five hundred dollars, not ten thousand five hundred dollars. But two donaire shops, uh, donaire businesses in Alberta and Nova Scotia are battling it out. And, and apparently there's like the Nova Scotia style donair, the Alberta style donair, and they're fighting for supremacy. Um, this is one of the good news stories of things that can happen online. Ryan, can I have $20,000 from you to bid on it? Denied. <laughs> Although I what if we all go in? <laughs> well, Johnny and I, we, we often do discuss on things that we can, and we want to thank our Patreon supporters because you guys, our, our biggest backers, our Real Talk patrons, make uh, whimsical conversations like this even possible for us mm-hmm. to dream big. Shout out to Tawny today with the super chat for $5. Oh, appreciate yeah. that. So so we're not so we're not going to use our budget to buy the Donair costume. <laughs> But maybe one day, I mean, you think the publicity of being the high bidder on this. I think you should buy it and then do a show wearing the the Donaire costume costume and fly in the people from Halifax and then bring in Alberta's best. I mean, the thing is, too, though, how do you what are you going to say is Alberta's best? You know, Donaire. I mean, there's the king of Donaire, the queen of Donaires. There's all these different Donaire shops. Uh, There's Blowers and Grafton, the restaurant chain that's doing this. Did you see there over the weekend, all the Donaires that they sell this weekend, they're going to take a dollar from every Donaire, donate it to Mad Canada to to help combat impaired driving. So I thought that was kind of a a neat and good news story. Uh, Kiki, I, d- I noticed your name was conspicuously absent from the uh, the high bidding here. This is something you're just not in the mix on this one, eh? Well, my money goes into slow fashion and skincare these days. Oh, I gotta have yeah, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, very well done. I uh, want to give a huge thanks to Carly Watson, uh, Kathleen Kiki Smith, and Beverly Teresa for joining us here on this Real Talk Roundtable. It's been a lot of fun, and your insights have, have really been appreciated. And you're helping a lot of people kind of better understand the landscape of social media, where you might find a good fit, and where it's okay to just throw in the towel uh coming up in 60 seconds we're going to get to this uh, week's edition of trash talk but i wanted to let you know uh, how cool is it that a whole bunch of our real talk sponsors the number one message they have for you right now is that they're hiring so great right it's it's a competitive job market we know and that's why when a great opportunity pops up we want you to be the first to hear about it that includes our friends at kubi renewable energy have you ever worked uh, before for a company that has cold beer on tap and hosts friday 
fall hockey tournaments? You want to work for a company that provides investment matching? What about one that's going to invest in your education and your career? They're even going to help contribute to your post-secondary studies. Wouldn't it be nice to work for one of the fastest growing companies in Canada at the forefront of the renewable energy industry? Johnny's showing us photos of their brand new office in Edmonton. What a stunning location it is. You've got the ability when you're with Kubi Renewable Energy to relocate across different cities in Alberta and British Columbia and help get Canada closer to its green energy goals. You can learn more about working at Kubi at kubienergy.ca. And for those of you that are right now considering pursuing post-secondary education, it could be a full-blown degree, graduate degree. Maybe you want to get after that PhD after a few years out of the mix. Take a couple of minutes today and check out AthabascaU.ca. It's Canada's open university. The best part about AthabascaU, number one, your only commute is to your device. Number two, you're going to learn at your own pace. You want to fast forward ahead? You can do it. You want to take some time away for mental health reasons, for vacation reasons, for family reasons, or otherwise, you're not going to fall behind in your course because you're setting the pace. It's one of the reasons why tens of thousands of Canadians trust their post-secondary experience to Athabasca University. You can learn more at AthabascaU.ca. Every Friday... Our friends at Local Environmental Services give us a chance to blow off a little steam. You know, they give us a chance to say what needs to be said in front of an audience of thousands. These are all real emails that are received from real talkers just like you. It's a Friday tradition that we call Trash Talk. All right, this one, and this is a good one. We got a message here from Wayne. Wayne caught my attention, Johnny, when his subject line simply said, rant i went uh-huh and wayne says charles adler has always been my favorite host sorry ryan uh, but he upset me this week he says chuck said that joe biden cannot beat trump like cannot wayne says biden will win and you and chuck and everybody else but the lunatic fringe had better hope that he does chuck should give more credit to american voters the year about 30 percent of people 30 percent will buy anything trump's selling but the others know that he's pure bullshit if elected trump will destroy democracy says wayne in the excited states i love that he promises to go after political opponents like joe biden jack smith who are guilty of nothing he fails to understand that you can't criminally charge someone just because you don't like them trump is promoting a sweet expansion of presidential power no hyperbole he says that he'll remove or take control of essential government agencies the fbi the cia the doj he plans to exert authority over every aspect of the u.s government by taking control of independent agencies like the federal communications commission would you like it ryan if one person was able to boot you off the air if you didn't support his vile agenda. Trump will strip employment protection from tens of thousands of civil servants so they can be fired if they disagree with the dictator. He'll scour intelligence agencies, state departments, and defense bureaucracies to file fire officials that are the sick political class, in his words, that hates our country. That's Trump talk for boo-hoo, they're mean to me. What's next? Will we have his opponents falling from 10th story windows? Wayne says we can be certain of his plans. Trump has boasted of his intentions at his rallies. He intends to be a dictator like his buddy Vlad and supreme leader like his pal Kim Jong-un. He's talked often of his admiration for those dictators and his desire to be just like them. If he wins, he will embolden a lunatic fringe in Canada as well. 
Now, Joe Biden's not perfect, but he's a damn sight better than that Putin wannabe Trump. Jespo, if you think Trump will win, I'm up for a bet. Name your stakes, buddy. That from Wayne. Wayne, I respectfully decline because there's no way in hell I'm betting on Trump. Thank you for the rant. You can send us your trash talk anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. It's proudly presented by our friends at Local Environmental Services. Thanks for tuning into Real Talk this week. Many of you doing it on holiday. That means a lot to us. Have a safe and great weekend, and we'll see you back here again Monday on Real Talk. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, executive producer Josh Dunford, technical producer John Hicks, general manager Katie Cook Chivers, account coordinator Lawrence Durlego, human resources Lena Shepherd, website design Mike Johnston. Voiceover by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.